Do you recognize me? Well, it's been a year. It doesn't surprise me. We're talking last Christmas. Hit it. It was 1984. The original Apple Macintosh personal computer went on sale. The Summer Olympics were held in Los Angeles, California. Beverly Hills Cop was number one at the box office. And Wham! sang about an unrequited love last Christmas. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is a very special guest. You'll know him as the host of Tinsel Tunes podcast, Dwayne Bailey. Dwayne, how's it going? I'm good. And yourself? You know, it uh, things are starting to open up here, and so it's it's going better. <laughs> I'm not cooped up anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in uh, 1984, I was 14. Oh, okay. Right on. <laughs> that's, okay, well, I'm sorry. I hope I don't make you feel old. But uh, <laughs> uh, That's all right. Um, yeah, it was, a. I, I mean, there's a lot of things from that year that I remember, but, um, this song in particular, and, and we'll get to it. Uh, this song is not really one of them. It's actually kind of like a sleeper cause it wasn't really officially released in the U S until much later, which I thought was interesting. Cause you know, normally songs right away just kind of take off and, in this instance, it kind of didn't, I guess, here for some reason or another. I'm not sure what the what it was, if it was because it was like in conjunction with like a Live Aid or a Band-Aid thing or what. But uh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting like way, yeah. I'm getting like way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Last Christmas by Wham. What's your history? What's your experience with this song? It's been a child of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I found it, um, it was... Well, actually, I'll start. I'll start from scratch. You know, with the uh, previous episodes I've done about the Beatles, mm-hmm. um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Great. Well, one of the and uh, yeah, one of those songs that played each year was mm-hmm. um, Last Christmas. So I grew right. up with it through the eighties. Yeah, it was one of those ones, the staples. In fact, it um, it reached number two here in New Zealand when it was oh, released. Wow. wow. Yeah. So it was everywhere, and it continues to be everywhere. I can't escape it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, in the last I'd say like ten or fifteen years, they've really done like a sort of build up to Christmas kind of thing on the radio stations. Like certain stations will just do, you know, twenty four hours of Christmas music or uh, or just all Christmas music with a few commercials. And this is one that you hear like almost every single hour. You know, even yeah. if others are traded in and out, this is like a staple. So. Which yeah, I, it is. It is. And I, sorry, I was just going to say, it's about a top five. Uh, so over here, we've got um, you know, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. yeah. Jose Feliciano, nice. um, Mariah Carey, and of course, George Michael. Those yeah, are the five yeah. every year uh, <laughs> um, that are hounded left, right, and center. Um, you can walk into any retail store, and it's one of those five songs. <laughs> <laughs> and if you stay long enough, it's all five songs. It's all five, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Which, uh, by the way, those uh, your episodes on those Beatles tunes were were really great. They're they're some of my favorites of your show. So I just wanted to make sure I got that in. Yeah, well, actually, I hadn't intended to do that. What happened was I did the Paul McCartney one, mm-hmm. and then my son, who's twenty, uh, he said, "Oh." And now this is uh, going to reflect badly on my parenting. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And uh, he said, did any of the other ones release songs? And I think I said, yes, they did. And then that got me <laughs> thinking about doing a series. So, uh, yes, I have to thank him for, for that. Otherwise, it was going to be one episode per month as usual. But mm-hmm. I thought, no, let's do a, um, what I still think is a genius name, Beatles in May. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like wow, a lot of thought went into that. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, researching and doing those episodes. Right on, right on. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I completely understand about uh, certain things coming up at certain times randomly. So <laughs> no yeah. worries at all. Um, no, uh, I like to think I plan ahead, uh, but as I was saying to Todd, um, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same. Here. I do have a bit of a plan. Yeah, but it does get um, sidelined uh, all over the place, and I end up all like next month. It was going to be a certain song. Wasn't mm-hmm. I started researching that song? It's now another song <laughs> because I like the certain version of it. Um, right yeah, on. So it's all over the place. <laughs> well, that's kind of like um, I mean, I like to think of it as jazz. You know, you have your chord changes, but the uh, yeah. you know your solo goes all over the place. So uh, as long yeah. as you stay, you know, relatively in the key and with your, you can get rid of, I mean, you can uh, get away with a bunch of passing chromatic notes, but uh, you know, as long as you're kind of in the key, uh, you're, you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and as a listener, you think you know where it's going, but it's not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for me, um, this song is really interesting because it, I don't remember growing up with it very much. Uh, but I do remember uh, a friend of mine, it was like in the late 90s, early 2000s, and her family really loved this song. And so for her, like this song, you know, was equal to Christmas, essentially, you know, it kind of equates. And I remember her singing it and she, her and her family, every time they'd bust out singing it, they would always do that real breathy, you know, someone special, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it was kind of like a running gag with them all of a sudden, like the song was on my radar. And it, from then on, it's been, like you said, a staple anywhere you go. Like I, I can't escape it, but it's really catchy. So I don't mind it, it so much. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it's, yeah, it is catchy. I also don't mind it. However, it's not on any of my personal playlists. Yeah, same here. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just because it is what it is and you don't mind hearing it out and about, but you I don't go and hunt it out to listen to it. But right. when I hear it, I go, oh, it's Christmas time. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Mariah Carey's, you know. Same thing, yeah. When you hear it, you know it's Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing that I thought was really interesting, because George Michael, you know, half of Wham, he sang on the Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas? And I, I thought it was really interesting that this was released the same year, or, or you know, roundabouts, and um, they both ended up donating the proceeds of the song to relief for Ethiopia. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you don't really see a lot of that nowadays. Eventually you'll get like a remake here and there or something, but uh, uh, there's not a ton of that going around. So I thought that was really interesting that like both songs, you know, both Christmas songs and they both kind of did that, you know? Exactly. Well, they thought this would have been number one. 
one that year. And mm-hmm. then Frankie Goes to Hollywood also had a song, I think it was Relax, that they thought would be number one. And of oh, course, wow. Band-Aid came in and just took it out. To took me. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it did get to number two, I think, in, uh, in the UK. Yes, it did. And yeah. like you said, it was there in, in uh, New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, one of, it's definitely one of the songs over here that has become part of our Christmas. More so than I think the likes of White Christmas. Oh, uh, wow. Frank Crosby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, what seems to happen around here is uh, more so is to do with, like, it is an 80s Christmas for us, mm-hmm. uh, except for, you know, Paul McCartney, Felice, how to say, Feliciano. <laughs> I actually have to have that run in front of me every time I say it. Um, <laughs> that, that they are 70s songs, but mainly it's the 80s one that's, uh, the 80s songs that, become our mainstay so. i gotcha that's kind of cool yeah, actually yeah <laughs> especially mm. on this show we dig that <laughs> yes <laughs> uh the jose feliciano the uh, feliz navidad that's like a staple from where i'm from in south texas and like yep. you can't escape i mean like even if a child won't know like jingle bells won't know silent night but they will for sure know feliz navidad so so yep. i think that one we definitely have in common but <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, well, that was a, that was the song that I was going to do this month, and then oh, when okay. I started researching covers, uh-huh. I, I found something which is pretty cool, and um, I thought, okay, no, we'll do that in July instead. But uh, yeah, right on. So I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be excited. The episode to you, yeah, <laughs> I can, yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, there is a version uh, that's it's really odd, but it, uh, it's it's kind of cool by uh, Chicago. I don't know if you've heard their version of Feliz yep. Navidad. Yeah. I dig that one. No, no, not yet. Okay, yeah. yeah. The the accordion, I mean, it's it's strange because they slow it they slow it way down and Robert Lamb is singing it and uh I mean his accent is just it's odd. But um I mean it's still it's a really good version. So, you know, if you're when you're getting into that, that might be something you might want to yeah. look into. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Well I'm going to be asking uh, my listeners and, and people on Facebook who have versions that they want to uh put in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. to send them through. So I'll put that one in for you. Okay, right on. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. So, it. Yeah. As you know, yeah, because in the past, I've always chosen the songs to put in. I thought, no, I want a bit of interaction from, from everybody else. So I'll put in a version that I like, and then I'll put your version in and any others that come through. But I'll call for those in early July. Okay. And, um, we'll see what Sounds comes good. through. It'll be right. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Right on. I'll give a... I ended up doing that with Mariah Carey's episode, and I I had a few that I already had in mind. I got a lot more, and interesting to hear different versions that you just wouldn't normally find. So, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of obscure, yeah, yeah. but but really good versions of stuff out there. So Yeah. Uh, in fact, with this song as well, there's a lot of pretty cool covers that uh, sometimes I like better than the original, but <laughs> other <Yeah>. times not. <laughs> no. And there's also a lot of very good covers on YouTube, YouTubers that you know they yeah. don't make it into the mainstream and you never hear of them but when you go hunting for them there's some excellent versions on youtube yes yes uh, i've noticed that as well a lot of really talented people putting their stuff out there and it's a shame that yep. most of the time they don't get picked up but no still you know if it's about the music uh then i i'm assuming that they're satisfied at least with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know we we hope we can only hope yeah um exactly so Wham, it's George Michael and, um, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, Ridgely, right? Andrew Riley. And uh, Ridgely. Riley? Ridgely. Ridgely, yeah. yeah Ridgely. Yeah. Andrew Ridgely. Ridgely. So they met, of course, in school, and they were actually, what I found uh, interesting, they were actually originally part of a ska band. 
which mm-hmm. I never, I never would have guessed that. That's, I mean, that's just odd, especially in like yeah. the, the early eighties uh, and probably late seventies. I, I wouldn't have, you know, picked that like at all, but I mean, it's, no, it's not at all. Yeah. It's a really cool feature, you know, of course, after they broke up, they ended up just deciding to go, go it as a duo and um, got picked up with, by Intervision. Notice a couple of things weren't quite working with their contract and ended up splitting and were signed on later on to, uh, gosh, what was it? Epic, I think. And, I think it was, yeah. 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 But immediately they noticed that <laughs> that uh, George Michael was the better songwriter. In fact, he's the one that, that wrote the song. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the names, because I, I mean, of course, they weren't quite mainstream here until their second album. And that first one, like I'd never heard of these, like Wham Rap, Club Tropicana. I, these are just some some songs that just kind of passed me by, uh, growing up for sure. <laughs> oh, we had um, Club Tropicana over here. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, not not Wham Rap though. That one's new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture uh, George Michael singing wham rap i mean i haven't heard it so it, it's something i'm going to look up when we're done here but yeah <laughs> that just seems like oh, i don't know about that um, yeah i don't know yeah exactly but they uh so they they got out of their contract got signed to a new label they started marketing it more as like that uh you know teen pop young girl kind of thing and i know that's when george michael kind of was really insecure about that and eventually he and uh and, and andrew split and uh, and he went solo. Of course, had a massive successful career. But it was around that time, you know, when he began writing the song. Mm. And I think I heard. Maybe you'll know more about this, but I think I heard that he wrote most of the, or he played most of the instruments. Is that right? Yeah, he played them all um, using drum machines and synthesizers. That's why the drums sound very um, clinical. Yeah, um, and they're not inspiring at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was him in his bedroom. Um, apparently, he went back home to his parents' house and wrote it in his childhood bedroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about nostalgia. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you're a drummer. How do you feel about drum machines? Um, they, sorry sorry yeah. to put you on the spot. But <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean just, they had their place. Okay. Yeah, that, it's not so much the drum machines now. It's more so um, electronic drum, uh, drums now because you can uh, put any sounds on them th- that you want. And a lot of drummers uh, will use an acoustic kit converted to electronic oh, okay. or trigger their kit. So when they hit, say, the snare, it'll send off two sounds, so the snare sound and, and maybe um, a slight echo or something on it like that. So you get different effects. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only people that use drum machines are probably, you know, the um, house music, dance music, um, probably rap, maybe R and B. I know the R and B; uh, they they have a library of sounds that they just cut into their uh, into their tracks. Oh, I got you. So they don't, yeah, they don't really use a lot of actual musicians, so they just use a lot of sound samples. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, and then some of them when they tour will get a band, and they'll the band will right. learn the songs and, and play them uh, live uh, that way. But yeah, I think oh. for album uh, issues, it's quicker okay. and cheaper. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean, I know yeah. um, I've recorded before where uh, I mean, just could not find a competent drummer to save my life, and so we've just uh, we've just had to play it on like a MIDI keyboard kind of a thing, you know, and it yeah. make do. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, but yeah, there's definitely something different about the sound. I mean, I know Phil Collins would use, you know, he would program drum machines and things like that for some of his tracks later on when he went solo, yeah. but but uh but yeah i mean he's a fantastic drummer so i mean i don't i don't know why he oh, yeah. just just do it himself <laughs> <laughs> well um it would be a lot like dave Grohl, uh where he had a drummer in for the first Foo fighters album and he ended up re-recording when the uh, overnight when the drummer wasn't there <laughs> uh, just because yeah, yeah and uh apparently that's some bad blood between them <laughs> i i can imagine so yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah. then end up with taylor hawkins who uh is some would argue a better drummer than dave Grohl, and of course has become mainstay of the foo fighters so i think maybe uh with um um phil collins, phil collins. Uh, yeah. phil collins. oh my god yeah, um, perhaps because he was a very good drummer uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, one of the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps other drummers thought, "No, no, I'll stay away from that." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not that good. Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah. And and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but uh, I have to say, I was like really bummed when I heard about the passing of Neil Peart. Um, oh yes, yeah. So I I can only imagine as a drummer, you know, I'm sure he was a big inspiration as well. He's all those the old school drummers that a lot of you know, inspiration for a lot of drummers that are around now and are slowly but surely finding peace. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know, he's just the latest in the long line. So. Well, yeah, yeah, well, you're right. Well, that's brought it down. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to bum us out, listeners. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so last Christmas, the sound. I mean, because I think the synthesizer they use was like a Roland, right? They use like a Roland, something like that. And I, think I, mean, I read that, yes. I think you can really tell it's like classic 80s synth sound that, yep. that a lot of the synths nowadays, I mean, they're more definitely more sophisticated and you can get so many different sounds that back in the day, well, you know, the Moog and things like that, I mean, they still had a limited bank of sounds that, mm. that you could produce. And so you can always just tell when a song comes out, especially from that era, of course. But But even nowadays, you can just yeah. tell when something's like retro or not. And... I love I love the sound because it's it's a, a pretty simple chord progression. You know, it's like I think a what a one six two five or something like that, and then they just use a lot of different color chords, and and you know like the, they'll add the ninth and the major seventh every once in a while, things like that. Yeah. The passing tone eleventh, and I love how the synth you kind of get that sound, but with a little bit of almost an echo to it. You know. Yep. And it just, yeah. <laughs> for me, it's like, as soon as you hear those first chords, like you're, you're, you're into it, you know, exactly what it is that you're getting, not only song wise, but, but you know, exactly the song as well. Like the, it's, it's that intro yeah. that just hooks you in. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if it's the sound of it and the sound quality of it is what makes it so popular today. It, it's mm-hmm. the nostalgia, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like watching uh, maybe an older, say eighties cartoon and then having it remastered to high definition today, it loses something. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's what it is. If they remastered that song, even though there's a lot of covers, I wonder if they remastered that actual version and made it more up to date, whether it would have the same magic as the old one or as the original. See, that's a good point because I've found, like, especially when you're listening to it um, on vinyl, you know, uh, even just hearing something on vinyl with all the scratches and the hisses and like those extra harmonics. Um, you can like really tell the difference or like when something's recorded, like you were saying, um, you know, with analog stuff, I mean, there's just something about it that, that, and I think it has to do with all just those extra overtones and harmonics that are thrown in there that, that uh, you don't get with, as you were saying, the super clean 
cut that, you know, yeah, they manipulate it and they do all this stuff, but it's just, it's like too sterile, you know, too flat and produced. And, and yeah, it sounds great. I mean, everything is crystal clear, but it's missing something, you know? Yeah. That was like when CDs first came out, you know, that was a big argument with a lot of people. They're like, yeah, it sounds great, but it's missing it's it's sold or, or it's missing something compared to a vinyl or even a cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And, and I think it's because, you know, they they tried their best to of course get the best sound back then, but it was still almost like a live kind of feel, just because of mm-hmm. the, you know, the limitations of the technology. And and there's something about when you're there playing live that just it it's different, you know? I mean like yeah. even with these bands that like some of the groups that go out and just you know, lip sync for concerts or whatever, uh, you can just tell there's, there's, a, <laughs> uh, there's just a, a big difference between like someone out there actually playing and someone just kind of going through the motions and, and I'm not putting anyone yeah, on blast. Exactly. So I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll leave that <laughs> subject, but, but uh, just to say that, yeah, there's, there's a, like a freshness and, and an energy that's there when you're playing live that you don't get through recording and i think that's that's really captured in like the uh, the analog versus digital world yeah i, I agree yeah <laughs> so my understanding is that when they were recording it was only george michael the uh the engineer chris uh porter i think and like maybe two assistants one or two assistants and i think chris porter was saying that i think he said let's see hold on pull up the quote here desperately wanting to play sleigh bells but of course, like everything else, they were uh, they were just played by George Michael himself, which I, as a composer, I can kind of understand that because, you know, you you have like the vision in your head and when something's not matching it, it's really hard to to, to deal with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that goes back to that, uh, as you brought up earlier, Dave Grohl re-recording the, uh, the drums. Yeah. The drums. I mean, it's just it's not quite what he envisioned. And so he had to redo it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I like can, if you want something done right, you do it you yourself. You do it yourself. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, sleigh bells, you think would be easy enough to, to have someone else do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now shake on, on one and three. Don't do two and four. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that a classic uh, debate right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that reminds me. There's a video of Harry Connick. Uh, I don't remember what song he's playing, but it's like him and his band, and the people they start uh, clapping along with him, and so he just throws in like a five four measure in there to get them to clap on two and four yeah. on the backbeat instead. Yeah, and the, the crowd have no idea. What's they have going no on. idea. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it was it was just brilliant. Like that's the perfect way to just correct yeah. their mistake without stopping and starting again <laughs> or calling exactly. them out on it. <laughs> yeah. So ever since I saw that, I was like, I got to put that in my repertoire as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw in an extra beat. So so this song, like I was saying, it, it didn't really mean a lot to me growing up. But since then, it, it's really grown on me. And uh, so much so that, um, of course, I figured out I had to sit down and play it myself. And it really is just, you know, so we start off with like the major chord, let's say in the key of D, although I think it's actually in D flat, but we'll just say D. So they move on to like a uh, the minor six, which is B minor, you know. So and after that, it's just a standard two five. Now this progression is actually quite a typical progression. You'll see it a lot, especially in songs of like the fifties and sixties. So 
he kind of keeps it simple, but by using those those chords and this progression, he kind of brings it back to like an earlier time. And so I think in a way he kind of hits that nostalgia factor uh, that we were talking about. And I don't know if it's because he was in his home when it happened or or what, if it was a conscious decision to actually use these chords or if it was just he came up with the melody and then just kind of fit chords to, you know, uh, pick chords to make a fit, which is the way I compose. Um, <laughs> but um, it really does, you know, it, it kind of evokes that uh, that old style of singing. Because nowadays, and especially in the 80s, uh, with the, that kind of blues rock and and, you know, that glam rock, things like that, there's a lot of like, you kind of stick with like one chord and maybe you'll move to like the flat seven major, you know, so like E minor to D back to E minor kind of a thing, uh, more of like rock chords. But this, this is more of like a folky, you know, R&B type, you know, very, very pop kind of progression. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's got that sort of roller coaster ride to it as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, as you go in through. And I think that's what makes it so catchy. Mm hmm. It's still in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I knew it would be when, when uh, we suggested it, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you suggested it, it popped straight into my head, and it's been there ever since. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hopefully you can hear it, and it'll get out. <laughs> I, I hear that that's yeah. how it works. I don't know if it's true, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Yeah, usually <laughs> it's not for me. I, and I'm the kind of guy that, like, I get a song... I'll find a new song or I'll get stuck on a song and I'm, I'm with that song for like a couple of months, you know, and I just like break it down and it's just, it's, I think about all the different harmonies and, you know, uh, the yep. different just, Oh, there's this guitar part. Oh, but there's, and there's this other guitar and, you know, it's things like that. And so that song like lives with me for, you know, a good month or two, just kind of going through it. So if you're like that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, it well, might I be a while you. before you forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially if you're learning a song to play, and and you break it down, and yeah, you just get, it goes over and over and over in your head. Yeah, and um, and certain songs, I'm quite guilty of getting hold of a song or an album, mm-hmm. and or even an artist, and just thrashing the living daylights out of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, until something else comes along. Um, recently, I was uh, introduced to a, a, a band that I don't know if it, if someone who follows Christmas should be following a band like this, but it's a Ghost. <laughs> you would be, you'd be familiar with Ghost. I, I, yes, I've heard. <laughs> yep. Um, and subject matter aside, uh, the songs are really catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, about three or four of them in particular, and I just could not stop playing them because they're so catchy. And um, I even broke a couple of them down to, to learn. And then, believe it or not, um, the Little River Band came along as a song, uh, one of their old ones, yes. and has replaced it in my head, except for Wham, of course. Um, mm. Has replaced it in my <laughs> head, and I've been thrashing that for the last week. Um, it's just amazing what comes along and what takes over. Yeah. And it can happen at any time. Yeah. So that actually happened to me this, uh, it was like a couple of days before Christmas. I was driving down to go see my folks. We were visiting them for Christmas this year. And I remember I heard um, You Can Do Magic by America. Yep. And it had been, I mean, I don't, I don't remember listening. I know I'd heard it, but it, it was never, you know, really uh, something that I grew up with. But like, I just could not stop 
listening to that song. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's it's funny what kind of comes along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Wham, how how big of a fan were you of Wham in general? Not at all. Uh, back then, <laughs> I was listening to Anthrax, Iron Maiden, ACDC, nice, you know, nice, the very yeah. the heavy stuff of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pop thrash didn't metal find kind its of way thing. in until yeah, yeah. So pop didn't find its way in at all. Um, but I was aware of it because uh, we had a show over here uh, similar to Top of the Pops for you uh, for the um, for the English, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what you guys had, but for us it was called Ready to Roll. And it was okay. six o'clock every Saturday night, and it was a countdown. Oh, nice! And yeah, and back then it was of course it was all about eighties. It was Culture Club and uh, ABC and Tears for Fears and whatnot. And I remember Tears for Fears uh, had their song on there, mm-hmm. and it reached number one here. Um, and it reached number one and stayed there for quite a number of weeks. And I absolutely despised that song back then because <laughs> it wasn't my taste yeah yeah uh, and then i found uh, you know a number of years ago i would hear it and i'd listen to it and i'd like it <laughs> it's like what is happening what's happening to me oh no so I started to, yeah yeah the the walls of heavy metal are breaking down and yeah, this yeah. other stuff is coming in so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay it's yeah. I mean, even uh even metallica expanded their uh you know their reach for a bit there in the nineties with load and reload. So it's okay. Yeah. You, can, you can go yeah. exploring a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we won't talk about perhaps how they're maybe falling off the rails, but uh, well, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 But you know, eventually yeah. they got back on and uh, their last yeah. album, um, well, the last couple of albums were pretty good. I mean, it's like classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. So I remember growing up, we actually had, and I mentioned this before, we had a, a video, it's a Betamax, uh, where we would just record <laughs> videos from MTV. Because, you know, back then MTV played videos. So um, yeah. this is one of the songs that was on there, Wake Me Up Before, or not Last Christmas, but uh, Last Wham's uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go was one of the songs that was on there. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I remember the video, and they had like their little teeny tiny white shorts with their uh, <laughs> their big old shirts and you know, it was just it was ridiculous, and I loved it. It wasn't my favorite, but even then, I still kind of I kind of dug it because it was catchy. You know, um, mm-hmm. while I wasn't into heavy metal then, I was. Uh, that wasn't until I was I was in high school that I really got into that. You know, Metallica and Megadeth and uh, all that stuff. So yeah. I I was a late kind of late bloomer, I guess, with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I do recall liking Wham and and this one and, and uh, Careless Whisper. And so for the longest time, I didn't really know that they had the Christmas song. And of course, I told you about my friend. And uh, so since then, I've decided to check out more of their stuff. And they actually have some pretty good melodically interesting songs, you know, and you can you can tell the strength of the song by who wrote it. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> so if it's a good song, it's it's George Michael, probably. And uh, yep. <laughs> if it's an odd duck, then it was probably. Uh, you know, Andrew, Andrew yeah. uh, or, or a combo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. Or a, uh, um, or perhaps not even them, but or not uh, even, yeah. more of a, a studio written song. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you need yeah. to put this out. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, yes. is, is another quite popular thing, especially in the, the pop realm. You know, it's just, you yeah. know, Oh, uh, so-and-so wrote the song. You guys are going to sing it kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah. Uh, did you, did you ever see, 
the video to the song? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. It's. Uh, it's funny. I wanted to bring it up because um, Todd's wife, Holly, she mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> she, let's see. She said the original video is torture. Like, just get back together already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, it's so funny. It's a lot of stolen glances. And uh, so I guess yeah. the, the song itself, would, and we haven't really touched on the actual lyrics, but the song itself is about, you know, a guy who's still pining over his lost love. I don't know if she cheated on him or she just um, broke up with him, at, you know, at this time or whatever. But essentially, they, they're no longer together. And he runs into her at a party and, you know, tries to avoid her. But he talks about, uh, you know, I found a real love. and you know, okay, I'm over you, whatever. And the video reflects that. Yeah. So it's like him and his new girlfriend, they kind of meet up with a bunch of their old friends. And one of his friends is dating his ex-girlfriend, which I mean, yeah. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they not come up in the conversation at all? You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you completely miss that? Unless he purposely yeah. left it out. And then yeah, the video, they're like decorating the tree. And of course, they're just like glancing at each other. And then they're at dinner yeah. and you know, all sorts of things like that. And it's like at this beautiful ski lodge kind of place. And, uh, you know, they, they go the ski. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, she, he had yeah. given her, uh, that's right. He had given her a brooch and then I guess she ended up like regifting it to her new boyfriend or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, and when she wore it, cause it was flowers. So she wore it the right way up and then he wore it upside down. That's right. He did. Reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just maybe he thought it was cooler know. that way because it's a brooch. I mean, I I don't think I've ever worn a brooch in my life. I probably never will. No, same. <laughs> uh, no, I'm usually a t-shirt yeah, and jeans kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So there's a symbolism there, but I mean, it's just. It's very 80s in its construction and it's very, you know, the way it's shot, everything about it. And I I know it was like recently remastered like a year or two ago. Mm. In 4K. In 4K, yeah. So uh, if you look it up on YouTube, you can actually find the 4K version and it's like crystal clear and pretty cool, actually. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is, but but for what it is, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. No. See, they so they remastered the video, and just go, it goes back to the conversation before about if they remastered this, this the actual sound, the song itself, you know, whether it would retain its magic because the video wasn't magic to start with. So by, <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by by uh, reprogramming it to 4K, they go, well, we've got nothing to lose. So, yeah, might as well. Let's just let's go for yeah. it. Um, yeah, let's just go for it. Now, one thing I did think was interesting was that there were actually different mixes of this song is what mm. I, I was reading. And I think one of them, like the original mix, like you can't even find anymore. It's my understanding of it. So it was like, um, so, the, you know, back then you had your different, like you had your 7 inch and your 12 inch. And I think they actually recorded it on uh, what the 7 inch. And then they, they kind of, they had like a different mix with a, a few different like re-recorded parts, is that correct? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so what I read is, um, yeah, there were two edits of the song that were released. None of them, neither of them was the original. Okay. Um, one was 4 minutes 24 on 7-inch format. Okay. And the other one was 4 minutes 45 um, on the 12-inch, uh, which went to Japan. 
And and a promotional one went to Spain that was a seven inch. So I'm not sure why they would have done that. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. I wonder and I I and I read that the Japanese version was missing as the second verse. <laughs> but I <laughs> couldn't find it to, to do a comparison, but that yeah. is also odd. I don't know why they would release different formats for different countries. Is I wonder if that's typical for the for the era or if it's maybe no. the subject matter was too touchy back then. I don't know. That's really interesting. I mean, because I mean, I wouldn't think so for, for Japan. I mean, you know, you had some of those anime no. that were really risque. and uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, so they ended up re-recording it and they called it uh, this one the pudding mix. Uh, of course, not all of it, but just some of the parts. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the version that we actually, or like an edited version of the pudding mix is what was actually released and what most people will find on like different compilations nowadays or when they go to download the song. Compilations, um, yeah. I, I'm not sure why they called it the pudding mix, but it, uh, I mean, it's really, <laughs> it's very evocative. Maybe, yeah, it's because they just threw it all together and mixed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was so easy. I'm surprised Phil Spector didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh man. Or um, <laughs> what's the name of uh, Bruce Dickinson or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that would have been the Iron Maiden read do some Christmas songs. Oh, like oh okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, they yeah. may have, and I've never stumbled upon them, but I'm pretty I sure they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> something tells me they probably didn't, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, um, yeah that, that reminds me, uh, Todd Killian, for his podcast, uh, Christmas Clatter, he just asked that question, like, who would you want to hear release a Christmas album? And uh, yeah. one of the ones I picked was Blue Oyster Cult, because I think that would be really interesting. <laughs> that would. I went with Ghost again. <laughs> <laughs> if you're familiar with the song He Is, which is almost, uh, you, you could almost play that one, in a church mm -hmm. and thinking that it was a hymn until you understood the lyrics and that it's not <laughs> the place yeah. to play it. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's uh, the way it's made up. If you change the lyrics, it's a very beautiful song and mm -hmm. it could quite, he, he could quite easily sing a lot of the gospel-y, um, you know, the actual carols as opposed to a Christmas song yeah. uh, in that style, I think would be um, quite pretty. I agree. Yeah, with, yeah. With, without what they are actually singing about. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a few, in fact. I'm, I think... I'm not. I'm not pushing anyone to go listen to Ghost. It looks like I'm recruiting, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> uh, if you want to, you can. But uh... <laughs> yeah. but if you yeah, want to be well, on the safe side, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just stick with uh, <laughs> stick with Last Christmas. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. Um, well, that's how much of an impact that they had on me when I was listening to them. It was uh, the way those songs were made up. Uh, it's just very clever. Uh, it's a little bit of retro sounding in, in their songs, as well mm -hmm. as the heavier stuff, the lighter stuff. And I think that's what appealed, because it definitely wasn't the, the subject matter. Right, um, right. It was just the way the songs were, were built and, and sung. That's uh, what mm -hmm. um, attracted me to the songs in the first place. So. Well, just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, full disclosure, yeah. um, I, I actually listen, I like the words, you know, the lyrics are like one of the last things I ever pay attention to. I'm always more interested in the melodies, mm. the harmonies, the riffs. You know, if there's a good yep. catchy, you know, riff, I mean, I'm, I'm in, you know. 
yeah. just in general, like the motives, the motivic development and uh, things like that. So for me, I because rem- I remember I always got a lot of flack for listening to, you know, some of the heavier stuff later on. And it's like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what they're singing about. I'll, I'll figure it out later, mm. you know, or I'll even be singing the words and not even realize I'm what I'm singing. I'm literally just thinking about the melody and things like that. So yeah. No worries. Uh, no judgment from here. And uh, I'm sure our listeners won't hold it against us either. <laughs> no. See, I'm the same. When I hear a song, it's the rhythm primarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's the melody, whether I like just the general sound of it um, yeah. and, and how the song's made up. Then there might be a, uh, you know, a really cool guitar riff in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah and the lyrics pretty much do um, come last uh, yeah. in, in the whole thing. And even if, if the the lyrics are about a certain subject. Well, it's like, well, they're just words. Mm-hmm. They just make up the song. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very much like, say, um, Ramstein, mm-hmm. they sing in German. Yeah. Um, do Hust is one do of those Hust. songs yeah. that everyone can <laughs> sing word for word, but they, unless they you don't know, know German, what it means. you have yeah. no idea what you're singing about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the rhythm. It's, yeah, it's the melody. It's the riffs. It's all the other stuff. The words, the lyrics come last. Yeah, same same for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, especially since I'm not a singer, which you might find out later. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if I was a singer, the lyrics would obviously come first. But um, yeah, um, for me, they just they're just part of the song. So. Yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah, I'm the exact same way. I always just listen to, and, and you know, being a guitarist, so the first thing I always listen for is the uh, like the the riffs. If there's no guitar, then I'll listen for like the next closest analog. So usually keyboard is kind of, you know, what I'm listening for after that. So in this song, of course, when you hear that keyboard, of course, that brings me back to, you know, that's kind of what draws me in because there's no guitar to, you know, to to hook me in normal. Same thing with like um, Johnny Hates Jazz kind of a thing, you know, it's all it's all keyboard (laughs) because there's no there's no guitar except for the bass. And I'm sure if we were talking to, to Todd, you know, or, or a bass player, they'd probably listen to the bass line first, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my brother plays drums also. So I know he's also very much into the, uh, you know, what is a drummer doing kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I quite often will listen to um, something and, and it's usually quite heavy. So it'll, mm-hmm. it, it'll have a really good rhythm, re- yeah. really good everything. And then the singer starts and then, I flick off because yep. it's either um, Cookie Monster screaming, <laughs> as I call it, because <laughs> uh, I like to actually hear some lyrics. Yeah, uh, yeah. If they're going to be there, I'd like like to hear them. So the singer can make or break the song as well. well and I kind yeah. often wish that the song was an instrumental. Go, oh, did you really have to come in and sing? Because the song was awesome. <laughs> you know? yeah, well, yes, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, and I think yeah. for most people, that's. You know, it's definitely about the singer, what they're singing, what they're saying. Does it speak to me kind of a thing? But yeah. uh, I think when you're when you're like an instrumentalist like us, I mean, you're you're more interested in the actual, you know, the the actual music uh, and, mm. and all the all the stuff that kind of supports the singing. <laughs> do, yeah. do host. My uh, my brother in law is uh, he lives in Germany. Yeah. He, he ended up marrying a German girl. <laughs> And I remember we were talking about that song one time and he was telling me what it, what it actually meant and all that stuff. And I thought, Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I'm not singing that out loud again. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you're just kind of like, you know, under yeah. your breath. <laughs> 
So uh, last Christmas has been um, certified platinum several times over in uh, a bunch of different countries. Uh, I think the most has been in uh, Australia, where it was a uh, four times platinum. But uh, I know here in the U.S., it's it's gone platinum twice over. Um, yeah, and and most places, I mean, it's just it's literally just sold just tons, you know, millions of units, and I mean that's quite an accomplishment. Yes, Christmas songs, they have it a little bit easier, but when you have to put them up, like you were saying, against like White Christmas and uh, like all these standards, I mean, it's mm. that really is an amazing feat, you know, because it's not like your typical 40s and 50s. Uh, I mean, heck, even 60s when you, if you get to like the Shirelles and, you know, things like that. I mean, it's mm. uh, it, it's not your typical song. It's It's definitely of its era. And yet... The subject matter, while it's not really about Christmas per se, you know, it's it's more something said at Christmas. It it it's something that everybody can relate to because of yep. you know it's about heartbreak. So I I think altogether it just makes for an engaging sound, and I can see why it was at least why why it's gone you know platinum and why it's sold as many as it has. It has, you know, there's also no rhyme or reason why this song, for instance rise above every other song that was released in the 80s that's true uh, yeah know, some christmas songs just make it and some is no matter how good or bad it is and there's and there's no reason why um there's i think i've mentioned before there's a whole bunch of good songs out there that unless you go hunting for them um you'll never find them because they never get played mm-hmm. and when you listen to it you go why is this not on the radio this is great mm-hmm. you know and um whether it's marketing or whether it's yeah, something behind the scenes of this that is right, right, you, this is going to be a number one or a top five, and we're going to push it so hard that it gets there, mm-hmm. as opposed to the next song, which just gets released and it's got to fight for its own rights. So, yeah, because yeah. so it's done well, even just to rise above everything else. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, uh, you know, of course, it had to compete with, you know, Band Aid. Um, but then, I mean, you think about like Christmas and Hollis from Run DMC. Um, What's that mm-hmm. one by the the waitresses? Um, you know they had their Christmas one. Uh, um, yep, I can't think of the name of it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just I, I, I covered it the other uh, um, in the punk uh, episode. And yes, and the and the Ramones and uh, yes, uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's a bunch of Christmas songs, not just from the area, but but just in general, and and yeah, they're great songs, but they just I don't know if it's because they weren't poppy enough. Or, uh, or, or what, you know, yeah. but yeah, this one, it's definitely catchy. And in fact, I read that, uh, I had to bring this up. So there was actually a controversy regarding, uh, last Christmas where I think one of the writers of a Barry Manilow song, I think it's like, can't smile without you or yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, was so that they, one. Yeah. they actually like sued George Michael for plagiarism and, and like, uh, yeah. <laughs> What I thought was really cool was that the case was dismissed because it was a musicologist that uh, that came on for the uh, you know for the defense that that presented like sixty different you know sixty something songs that shared similar musical uh, you know melodic structure and, and uh, chord sequencing and things like that. I think that's the reason. Another one of the reasons we you know, were talking about why it's last and why it did kind of rise above that because it shares so much in common with like the folk tradition. And like things that are popular, so I mean, yeah. you know, again, it brings us back to that nostalgia factor. That if it can be something that you can relate to, 
I mean, you're going to kind of go towards that. Exactly. See, I don't think we can relate. Like our generation can't relate mm. to the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s music, though we love it mm. and we go back to it. We're not relating to it in, in the same way. I right. think uh, because in, in my house growing up, we did listen to the older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not the fact that because I remember back in the 30s, it's more so <laughs> I just remember listening to it with my mum and dad. Exactly. When yeah. I was young. Yes. So it still takes me back to the 70s uh, in a different way to it actually taking me back to, say, the 30s or the 40s because obviously we, yeah. we went alive. But Whereas the 80s, it takes us back to that time because we grew up then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's funny you mention that because I remember, you know, my parents, they loved like the 50s, you know, that was like their, you know, it was like, okay, we'd hear stuff from the radio or occasionally we'd listen to country, but most of it, like a lot of times we'd listen to, you know, the oldies station because that's what they wanted to hear. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's so funny that... <laughs> Uh, nowadays, I'm I'm kind of going through that cycle also with my children as well, where uh, I'm kind of going back to music from like the 70s and 80s, and, uh, and they're just like, yeah. oh, can we just listen to the radio? It's like, no, we can't. No, no, we can't. No, they're not playing music on the radio. No, no, there's really nothing nothing that I particularly care for nowadays. And it's not that it's oh, you've bad. Got to, you've got to go hunting for it. Yeah, you've got to hunt for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's there's some good stuff, and a, a friend of mine will bring it up to me. You know, uh, he's a good another music guy. Sometimes we'll play guitar and just you know jam together, and we played in bands and stuff together. But you know, he'd be like, "Hey, you got to hear these guys." And so then he'll you know he'll play it for me. It's like that's amazing. You know, where how come I'm not listening yeah. to this on the radio? And it's, you know, it's, there's very like clear cut mainstream that, you know, they kind of push certain things and, and you can hear, I mean, this particular song was, was kind of pushed like that mainstream, you know, wham, but at, at the same time, there's something to be said for some of the other ones. So I do like listening to the waitresses. I do like listening to the Ramones, you know, and there is yeah. something that you don't get. And it's just, I, I think as a person, it just kind of deepens you a little bit more, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this song, of course, has been used and, you know, as a basis for a whole movie that came out last year. I mean, uh, and it's been covered like so many times. What would you say is your favorite cover version of the song? My favorite cover version uh, is, um, have you heard of, now I'm going to butcher the last name because that's just what I do. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Leo Moraccioli. Um, otherwise known as Frog Leap Studios on YouTube. Oh, okay. So, I, I've heard of yeah, Frog so Leap Studios. Yeah. yeah, so he uh, does a, a version of this, which is very heavy. It's got a breakdown, and, uh, and that's, he takes regular songs or any songs and, and turns them into a heavy style. Nice. So I really like his version. <clears throat> um, and also a band called First to Eleven. Okay. also another YouTube band. Um, and they've covered a lot of stuff. They're a young group, and they do a version of this as well, which is rock. It's rocked up, yeah, and it's nice. also very, yeah. I think I prefer the heavy to rock versions of this song, of course, or yeah. instrumental versions of this song. Really? Because um, yeah, last night uh, when I was just having a look around for some different ones to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, I came across some um, once again YouTube uh, artists. Uh, just doing trumpet versions or saxophone versions, and they were really quite pretty because there were no wow. lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Crazy Frog did a version. I don't know if you've, you've no, I don't know, Crazy no. Frog. That one I'm not. No. Oh, 
Okay, so it was only New Zealand that got hounded with that. <laughs> Maybe Australia. It was this little cartoon frog who um, you'll have to YouTube it and say to okay. listeners, if, if you want to just, just YouTube Crazy Frog, you'll get, um, do you know the song Popcorn? <laughs> yes, that I yeah. do know. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he was something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, Crazy Frog did a version of that and a couple other songs and they also did a version of this song as well in that style um, it's not it's not a favourite it's just different yeah I, <laughs> so I yeah, it's you. definitely worth checking out just to go oh my yeah this exists <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well yeah. um, so I and I'm sorry for cutting you off um, no you're right I, I'm kind of so my wife is a huge Taylor Swift fan and uh, when we started dating, Taylor Swift was like, it was her first album. You know, there were a lot of those like man-hater type songs. You yep. know, you broke up with me, but I'm better than you or whatever, whatever. And yep. so I kind of got into Taylor Swift, you know, as we were dating. Well, you, I mean, you understand. <laughs> we were yep. dating. Yep. So, so anyway, <laughs> so I got into Taylor Swift. So for me, and I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but for me, Taylor Swift, uh, that version, I think, is my favorite uh, cover version of it. Not fair enough. Yeah. Uh, even though, and, and I love, you know, I mean, I love rock, classic rock, heavy metal, uh, like all that stuff is like my favorite stuff. If, if I had to pick one genre, I mean, that would be like my my genre. But for some reason, I really yeah. like the Taylor Swift <laughs> version. So. No, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been great being on your show i'll see you later no. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm really just teasing uh, i do like one or two of his songs just uh, not not so much the uh, the subject of the song but it just might have a catchy little riff to that, it and that's yeah that's yeah. yeah so yeah no that's, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> i like to i like to think of myself as just being very eclectic so while yeah. i do have a lot of different styles that i prefer uh, I do like things from other styles as well. <laughs> yeah. So. And your tastes change as well. That's true. Uh, I find, they definitely have. Yeah, I yeah. find I'll go through stages. I think I'll say with Todd. Um, yeah, you know, like I say, there was Ghost for a while, and now it's Little, <laughs> little River Band. Yeah, hey, um, I love Little River Band. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, they're Australian. Did you know that? I did not know that. Um, no, I, yeah, they had two singers, and John Farnham was their last singer. Okay. Uh, but anyway... This is not about that. <laughs> no, well, no, but I mean, they're still great, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and next week, another song will pop up and it might be, um, say it might even be a country rock song or something right. like that. And I'll get into that genre for a little bit. <clears throat> and then one of my favorite albums to listen to when I'm trying to go to sleep at night is actually a jazz Christmas album. Or, oh, or nice. It's just something I found on Spotify. Okay. And it's just no lyrics. It's all instrumental. And yeah. it's, it's like a light jazz and and then for a while I started to listen to other styles of jazz, and then something came along and I switched. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. like that. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like yeah. cla- it's classic rock, heavy metal, and then of course I love uh, I love like bebop and like post bop, hard bop kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, those are like my big ones, and then movie scores randomly. So <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. And, and then everything else just kind of weaves in and out here and there. So like um, last fall, I was really into like Crosby, Stills and Nash and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young kind of a thing. So yeah, um, they have a version of Silent Night that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward, but you know they've sung yeah. so long together at this point that uh, they can just they pick it up flawlessly. So yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's really interesting. So I'm going to have to check out, I'm going to have to check out those versions you mentioned. Cause, uh, I think I'd really dig them honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Leo is quite funny. He's, he's been going for a number of couple of years, perhaps mm-hmm. he's got a lot of videos on there. Uh, I first found him through, um, the gorillas song, uh, which now escapes the name of the song escapes. me, but he's dressed in a rabbit suit or outfit <laughs> and he's playing guitar through them all. Um, and then from there, yeah, he's, He's very, um, very talented. He does all the instruments himself um, wow. and, and the singing. And he has a few guests on at times. But right. yeah, he's done a few Christmas ones. He's done yeah, probably maybe three or four Christmas ones. So Okay, yeah, cool. Think, yeah, you might like it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and like I say, First first to Eleven is just a young rock group who've come out on YouTube and they just do covers. But they're a really good version of the song as well. So. Right on. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. I have a comment here from Matt Urich who says, uh, I don't think there's a song that gets stuck in my head more during the holidays than last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the earworm. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I think if there's one to rival it, it might be the Mariah Carey, <laughs> All I mm. Want for Christmas is You. That might be like the only song that can rival getting stuck in your head, for me anyway. It's almost easy to sing in your mind because if you go, say Jingle Bells, so you go, you know, Jingle Bells is, how can I put this? It's going to sound weird. The syllables are harsh, mm-hmm. so it doesn't flow in your head whereas Last Christmas does. It just sort of flows and you can hit, sing it in your head without any effort. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, it has to do with the rhythm. Yeah. Jingle Bells is definitely very, um, very square. Yeah. I guess yeah. if you want to put it, whereas last Christmas, I mean, there's not really like a swing to it, but you can definitely feel the backbeat to it. Mm. And so I think that's kind of the difference there, you know, and that, I mean, cause a, a, ba- a strong backbeat can really make or break a song to me. Yes, anyway. Definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. And that's why a lot of times when people start clapping on the wrong beats, it, it kind of drags the song down, you know, it, you know, yeah. on one and three instead of two and four. It, it, I mean, it really does just kind of, I mean, not ruin it because you can't like ruin a good song, but I mean, it really just does kind of no. take it down a notch. You know, you lose the energy yeah. and it does, there's no like forward motion as there is with like the, the backbeat, you know? So. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me get my notes here. So I have to ask, what would you say is uh, your hap hap happiest memory of this song here? If you have one, or if you're able to point one out, I think I'll have to agree with April from last episode. I don't have one, okay? Um, because it, yeah, because it's not something that sort of jumps out like um, Paul McCartney and John Lennon and so forth. Mm-hmm. That was just there. Um, so yeah, fond memory would be researching this episode to have on your podcast <laughs> oh shucks <laughs> <laughs> no i and i hear you uh for me it would definitely be uh hearing the song for the first time and hearing my friend's family just kind of really overemphasize the breathiness of, <laughs> of someone special you know those words someone special so that's always stuck in my mind so whenever i think of the song i always think of that uh, <laughs> that particular night and when they're just kind of going over and over back and forth yeah <laughs> no that's cool <laughs> yeah. any last last thoughts on the song before we get into our next segment no i think i think we've real and truly uh, opened up that one and i think so too yeah hold all over the place yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well then in that case it comes to my favorite part of the show 
which is a little thing I like to call gag me with a spoon. Uh, yeah, so, which all, which all my- this made me not agree to come on your show. But I like <laughs> oh man, no worries. It's all in good fun. So uh, of course, this is where we do our best impression of the our least favorite part of the song. So as the the guest, I'll let you go first, and you can just uh, set it up for us a little bit. <laughs> Unless you'd like me to go first, I can go first if you want. No. Okay. No. Well, I mean, this was actually quite hard to try to figure out which part of the song was the worst because it's so generic all the way through. Yes, and very, very yeah. much so. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, but out of the lyrics, I thought the part where it says, you know, it's been a year, you didn't recognize me. Uh-huh. It's like, not many people change a lot in a year, I would say. So you should still recognize somebody after a year. I would hope so. Especially someone you went out with. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. So it's probably, yeah, that, that part there. So now you want me to sing it, don't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's that, honey? Okay. All right. I've got to go. Do <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, here we go. <laughs> Once bitten and twice shy. I keep my distance, but you still catch my eye. Tell me, baby, do you recognize me? Well, it's been a year. It doesn't surprise me. Hey, right on. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good. So for me... Oh. Uh, <laughs> I really me, don't like singing in public. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's... It's okay. <laughs> I understand, yeah. actually. In, in the uh, car on the way to work in the morning's fine because the windows are up. No one can no see. No one can hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. get you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, and, and before I get into mine, uh, a little story. So I was in fifth grade and I always hated speaking, which which makes me singing in front of public. I mean, it's, it's weird that I can do it, but I always hated speaking in public. And so I remember going up to give a book report. It was like a whole long essay thing that we had to do. And I remember I got up there and I read it. I was just reading straight through, like no eye contact. It was the worst. And when I got done, uh, one of my classmates that sat next to me, like turned to me and was like, dude, your hand was shaking the whole time. And I didn't even know, but apparently I was shaking like so bad that people could really see. So So I I understand where you're coming from. But in this case, I'm going to pick, I think it's the second verse. And it's a group of lyrics that I could never understand what the heck he was saying. Okay. So the, the words were actually something like a crowded room, friends with tired eyes. I'm hiding from you in your soul of ice. But I had no idea. I mean, to this day, I still can't even sing it in the correct rhythm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my best shot here. I'm yep, going to try nice. to channel my inner George Michael, make it real breathy. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Let's do it in a key. I can sing in... Uh, Crowded room, friends with tired eyes. I'm hiding from you and your soul of ice. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's as breathy as I can yeah, do. <laughs> well, I, I think I might be your first guest to lose the segment. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I don't know. Not, not with the way things seem to have been going. But uh, <laughs> So I will leave it up to you listeners. Which one of us um, did better? Was it Dwayne or I? channeling our inner George <laughs> Michael. <laughs> and it was it was quite funny with last year how Todd and myself did the top 50 of our yes. favorite songs and the loser had to sing the winner's number one song. Yes. It came right down to the wire, but I couldn't sleep the night before the results were due out because oh, it was no. so close. I would have had to sing Matt King Cole's um, 
song, which isn't so bad in the scheme of things because it's really quite a low register song, and right. I probably could have pulled it off just to to to, to a point. But I ended up winning, <laughs> and Todd had to sing uh, Andy Williams, and uh, he did a great job. Yes, but I tell you, if if if, if it was on the other. I was I was so nervous I couldn't sleep the night before because oh, no. <laughs> it's like oh, no. it's like not you know because it's not only are people going to hear me but they're going to see me right right <laughs> um, yeah. sing a song in public and would have gone out <laughs> to tens of thousands of people and I'm like oh no. Well, that was a good uh, that that was a good bit that y'all did there. You know, it was a really cool, and you know, the people got to vote, and um, I enjoyed that. I remember when, every time it would come up, I you know click on the one that I liked. And so hopefully, yep. um, hopefully it's because of me that you didn't have to sing. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take credit for it officially. Even though <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Funny um, that by doing that, it made the season go extremely fast for me. Um, I, Cause it was very busy last year uh, at work and, and with everything. And then doing this on top of, uh, of the season, um, one minute we'd started it 50 songs later, we were done. And it's like, where did the last fifty odd days go? It was really fast. It yeah, crazy. It, I yeah. remember because they they kept popping up like almost every day. You know, just boom, 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 mm. new one, new one. And I know what you mean, especially because uh, you know I work in a Christmas store, so especially I during. I so want your job. <laughs> I'll see you <laughs> it is it is pretty great, but especially during the season, I mean, it just it goes by so fast. Yeah. Uh, the next thing you know, it's like you look up and it's oh, it's Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is, yeah, it is. It I mean, is pretty I, great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoy the lead up to Christmas as opposed to Christmas Day itself. I actually do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like what they say: the anticipation is. Uh, uh, well, again, I hate to go macabre, but uh, you know we've been talking about heavy metal, so why not? Yeah. The anticipation <laughs> of death is worse than death itself. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this case, we'll turn it around and make it good and say uh, yeah. the anticipation of yeah. Christmas is is better than Christmas itself. <laughs> and I think Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve is getting very close to also not being a favorite because over here they start mm-hmm. playing Boxing Day adverts on Christmas Eve. Really? So, um, yeah. So it's almost like they're over Christmas already, and they just want your money on Boxing Day. And right. So you've got the whole lead up; it's all beautiful. Every everybody's in the Christmas spirit. Christmas Eve hits. You're watching the uh, say Santa Claus on TV or what have you, and there's Boxing Day ads on each ad, and it uh, just sort of destroys it a little bit. I know what you so, mean. Uh, there's yeah. something yeah. similar, uh, not quite as bad. Um, because for us, the next major holiday isn't until New Year's. And even then, it's not really like a major holiday. You can see them already start to pull, like they'll, they'll start to move the shelves around and like all the Christmas stuff is now starting to be condensed. Uh, yeah. They'll put like yeah. stuff like workout equipment because, you know, everybody's resolutions are to get in shape. Uh, <laughs> so they'll put workout <laughs> Christmas equipment up and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of similar. The ads themselves, though, you don't really see until afterwards yeah. for, for the next thing so at least that's a plus yeah but man that's a bummer i'm sorry about that yeah because because <laughs> you know we don't want it to end and we know it's going to end on because yeah christmas day for us it's very much a, a we have a meal we relax and that's it yeah and then come boxing day it's pretty much mm-hmm. like christmas really shuts off uh and there's no music there's no ads there's no nothing 
Yeah. And then just to have it creep into Christmas Eve, it's sort of, uh, come on, guys, just wait a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all know, know you're having mean. a sale on Boxing Day. Yeah, we all know you're having sales. You don't have to advertise it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's where, that's where I'm glad that I'm, I'm a, a traditional Catholic because for us, Christmas season goes like 40 days after Christmas. So, uh, you know, I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried to do something similar at, at work. Um, I put up a Christmas tree in October. Okay. <laughs> and my, uh, I'm on a help desk, so we've got a room. And so I put up a, a, just a Christmas tree with no decorations in October, and people were poo-pooing it. And so I had to put a note on it. It's like, this is just a tree, nothing else. <laughs> there's no decorations, it's just a tree. <laughs> and then mid-November, as we started putting uh, old RAM and graphics cards and stuff on it, um, just to just because it's a tech room, yeah, so yeah. we did that. And then I kept it up through till mid-January, and I got told to take it down because Christmas was over. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> Normally, yeah, so our store, we close for like, six weeks or so to go on vacation. And then we spend another like six weeks just redecorating and putting up new displays and stuff like that. So, so we're closed for a total of about three months, but we usually close like the last weekend of March. So Christmas for us goes in from like July until March, essentially. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not bad. I don't mind it so much. Yeah. But <laughs> you're gonna have to post a lot more photos on uh, on Facebook of your okay, shop. Okay, I, I will. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure people will agree with me on that one. <laughs> okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So okay, I gotta ask. The GI Joes taught us that knowing is half the battle. So what would you say is the other half? I've got two answers. Can I? You can, can tell I them both. both. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go for so, it. So, yep. So, if knowing is half the battle, the other half is resisting the urge to taser yourself to see what you've read is true. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and then um, the other one was uh, so, knowing is half the battle, the other half is hoping. Hoping that Bill and Ted 3 doesn't suck. Oh, for real. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. <laughs> I love the first one, and the second one is okay, but this, I love yeah. the first one. That's, that's why my tagline is, uh, um, you know, be be excellent to each other on the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill and Ted. <laughs> I saw the trailer the other day, and I really, really deeply hope it's good. It looks like it could be good. Yeah. I really, really hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I always one thing That'll I noticed be the biggest now, disappointment. I, I and one thing I started doing is like just going in with low expectations. So even yeah. if it's like decent, then I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so yeah. I started doing that with like every movie now. And so so when it's like really good, it's like, <laughs> wow, it was so good. You know, and if it's just okay, it's like, oh that that was it was pretty good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I even tried um you know with uh, Superman, um uh Man of Steel. Oh, I uh-huh. went into that not watching any of the trailers at all. So mm-hmm. I knew nothing of what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. I came out of there loving that film. Nice. I loved yeah. it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm probably one of the few, perhaps. But um, <laughs> I was just going to say, that, and besides this trailer for Bill and Ted, I'm going to try perhaps not watch any of the other ones. So when uh-huh. I go in, it's all fresh. So Yeah. I like and we'll and uh, yeah. my brother does that too. He, he's really big into that. I, for some reason, I like spoilers. And uh, as much as I try to avoid them, sometimes I'm weak and I read them on purpose. But for me, it doesn't like <laughs> it doesn't affect the uh, it doesn't affect the enjoyment of a movie. 
Although I was strong with uh, Avengers Endgame, so I, I'm proud of myself yeah. for that. But <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we didn't want anything to to spoil those. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, just completely, completely fresh. So I think we're gonna go go on over to our chatting with the little segment. Welcome to another segment with chatting with the littles. I'm here with little number one, my now eight year old daughter. Yay, she's eight. Hey, say hi. Hi. Do you remember the song last Christmas? Yeah. You do? <laughs> That's okay. Who's your favorite uh, singer of last Christmas? Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale? Why? Because she was in High School Musical. High School Musical? Okay, tell me what's, what's High School Musical. Well, High School Musical is a group of um, kids that are having a musical and the top two people are meeting at the beginning and then in the middle they get the auditions and then so on and so on. So that's why it's your favorite because she she's in that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and I have the Troy and Gabriella Barbies. And the Ryan and Sharpate, too. Oh, wow. Okay, so you really like High School Musical, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Why? Why do you like High School Musical? I don't know. It's just a good movie. (laughs) Well, do you like the music? Do you like the song? Well, yeah. I like, um, in High School Musical 2, my favorite is Gotta Go My Own Way. Oh, okay. And then in number one, it is, um, When There Was Me and You. And then in the third one, it's Walk Away. Mm. All very good songs. Yeah. What about uh, Last Christmas? What, what part about that is your favorite? Because Ashley Tisdale gets to sing. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And she acts as Sharpay. <laughs> I see. And who's Sharpay? Sharpay Evans is Ryan Evans's brother. And she's a like a little fabulous girl who's a show off. A show off. Mhm. Oh, I see. But that's not your favorite, right? Well, no. Who's your favorite? My favorite is Troy and Gabriella. Why are they your favorite? I don't know. Oh. Well, I have the prom guide ones. Ooh, that's good. Good outfits. That's when they're seniors, right? Yeah, when they're in High School Musical 3 senior year. Oh, okay. And I I started writing a script. You started writing a script? Dudes and dudettes. (laughs) Um, Can you sing a little bit of Last Christmas for us? No. Why not? Uh, I get nervous. (laughs) Okay. But I could sing a High School Musical song. Okay, let's, let's hear that. And then just just change the word to uh, Christmas every once in a while. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It wouldn't make sense. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's the start of something new. It feels so right to be here with you. Oh, and now looking in your eyes, I feel in my heart. The start of something new. Cool, but now what about last Christmas? I gave you my heart, heart, but the very next day you gave it away. You gave it away. 
I'm so beat at you. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's time to get back to our regularly scheduled program. So, Dwayne, um, what do you want to plug? Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Tinsel Tunes. Um, quick, quick background. Started that in 2018 in August, and uh, I'm coming up to two years in this August. Congratulations. Um, and uh, yeah, it can be found at tinseltunes.com primarily, or it's just Google Tinsel Tunes podcast. It comes up. I'm all over the place. I've done quite a good job of marketing the podcast. Nice. <laughs> it's everywhere. So <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, the lot. So Right on. Um, yeah, come and have a listen. Yeah. So it's, I'd love to hear from people and I'd love to get feedback from people. It's just awesome when you read the feedback and, makes you feel really warm inside <laughs> yeah it's like your own mini christmas yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it is yeah yeah and i i really love the fact that the our podcast family is growing you know there's yourself there's todd oh, yeah and there's um um podcast in the city sorry chris and chris <laughs> i forget what it's called christmas time in the city yeah <laughs> yeah christmas time yep yeah uh in fact uh chris messaged me um when I released a little post about what's coming up in this month's uh, episode, he's guest who nice. I am featuring because he's got a background in heavy metal as well. Oh, does he really? So he's guest. Yeah, he's I guest. I wish I had done is. that. So, I would have yeah. brought it up with him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we, we did an episode uh, on Scrooge uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're good people. So I, I can't wait. Yes. Check out, definitely check out Tinsel Tunes. It's great. Uh, you learn a lot, which is really cool. And you get to hear some pretty interesting music that you might normally not get to, to hear otherwise. So um, definitely check it out. It's something that, that uh, I can't, I know I can't wait every time it drops for the, you know, the new one. So um, yeah, head to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and, and type it in and subscribe and enjoy because you will. Thank you. <laughs> So I, I mean, Dwayne, it's been fun. It's been a blast talking, talking with you about different things and, you know, going off on tangents, but also just, you know, just talking the song and uh, yeah, I hope you come back. It's, it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Um, and I definitely will be back. I really enjoyed uh, featuring in, in different podcasts. So I'd really like to um, feature on a few more. So yeah, right if uh, anyone else is out there and uh, we can get this <laughs> timing and the schedules right. Yes. Um, yeah, hit me up and I'll, I'll come on to the, uh, onto your podcast. Right on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I always like, uh, whenever I'm on, um, tis the podcast, I always have a lot of fun. So I imagine, uh, it'd be fun doing other ones too. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> And with that, I'll say, uh, Merry Christmas. I wrapped it up and sent it with a note saying, check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling like someone to rely on, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to vote. Later, dudes. Time for the challenge. Challenge. The challenge is, what would the challenge be? I don't know. But you're the a high one school that, musical challenge? You're the one that likes to come up with challenges. You tell me. Okay. No, a high school musical. No, a Sharpay um, challenge. Oh. Make your own fabulous costume. Like from High School Musical 2. <laughs> it's not really about last Christmas, but okay. What about a but fabulous see, but, um, Christmas costume? Sure.
<laughs> okay. Make you, it reddish pink. You heard it here, folks. Uh, your challenge, <laughs> as issued by my little number one, is to, da, 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 come, <laughs> is to come up with uh, a Sharpay-inspired High School Musical fabulous Christmas dress. Hello, my name is Troy. <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. I think we gotta. Well, I think we're gonna end it here. What are you gonna say? Later, dudes. Andrew Dutz. <laughs>